Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Hey guys, welcome to Waterhouse Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, wasn't worship just amazing? I, I love our team. Thank you, Marjorie, for being obedient and uh, just listening to what the Lord has to say to people. It's, uh, it's been a great year, and today, uh, I want to tell you today is Vision Sunday. And so for you visiting today, if you've never been here, um, this is going to be a little different service than we normally have. Next week, we'll kind of go into our regular scheduled programming, I guess, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Uh, whatever that looks like. In this church, it's very regular. You know, we don't have that very often, but uh, it's, it's, it's always good. And so it's going to be a little bit different, different today. But if it is your first time here, you haven't been here, if you've been here for a long time and you haven't had an opportunity to connect with us, we'd love for you to do that. And here's the best way to do that. In front of you in the chair is a little QR code. You can take your camera out, scan that thing, and uh, it's going to bring up a couple thing, options for you. One's going to say connect. Uh, if you click on that, there's a little card we'd love for you to fill out electronically, uh, and then we're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. Also, we're going to pray for you, uh, answer any questions you have about the church as well. It's the best way to do that. Also, normally on a set Sunday, we do not take up offering. We are today because it's a special Sunday, but normally we don't. There's some boxes in the back, and also on that QR code, you can scan that to give online as well. So thank you for your giving for that. A quick couple announcements before I get into the Vision Sunday and the building project. Uh, today, after church, right after church, we're having a greeting training. And so maybe you're like, man, how do I get involved in the church? Being a greeter is like the best job ever because you meet people like you wouldn't you'd normally meet. I think it's a great opportunity for you to, to meet people you've never met. And, you know, being a greeter is, I think, is the best job because you're the first people person that people see. And your smile may be what they need that day. People come in and they're beat up all week, but they see a friendly smile and a hug. It's just amazing. And so just warn you, we're huggers around here. So I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> um, so greeter training right after church today as well. And then this Wednesday is our fifth Wednesday worship. Yeah. Some people know you're excited because you know what happens on fifth Wednesday worship. It's amazing. So all the youth, all the kids, all the adults, we're going to be in here and we're just going to, we're going to spend... It's going to start at 7. It's going to end ever. We have a time limit, but sometimes God does what he wants to do, and, and we just stay longer. But we're focusing on healing, and so uh, maybe you need some healing. Maybe you, And here's what I feel like. People have been dealing with chronic stuff for a long time. God's going to, God's going to heal that. And so we believe that God's a healer. We believe he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so he's asked us to pray for healing, and so that's what we're going to do. So uh, we're going to have time of worship, and then we're going to have some time of healing, and it's going to be an amazing day. So fifth Wednesday, 7 o'clock, reader meeting. After this, all the announcements are over. Here we go into the service. All right. So today is also Bridge the Gap Sunday, which ties perfectly into Vision Sunday. And so what is Bridge the Gap Sunday? 
Well, Bridge the Gap Sunday is where we talk about the building project and what we're trying to do, expand uh, the building. Like Sunday, we got a little bit of room, uh, but on Wednesdays, we're packed. We have no space. On Wednesdays, there's other things we need to do, uh, and, and it's just parking is a, is a monster sometimes. And so, uh, as you re- realize today, kind of one service was going a little late. You came in like, oh, where am I going to park, right? And so, some of you showed up late, and you're like, we have parking you know, issues? So, you know, yeah, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we have parking issues, so so we're trying to expand. We're trying to build on, and I'm going to talk about that today and give you an opportunity to give. And so in front of you, there should be some envelopes. Uh, the, those are the Bridge the Gap giving envelopes. I'm going to challenge you for something at the end of this, but I want you to be thinking about what you can do because every little bit helps. doesn't matter if you have 10 cents. doesn't matter if you have $10,000. It's everybody working together to make this thing happen. So what is Bridge the Gap? You're going to start the slideshow. Bridge the Gap. It's not, we're not building a bridge. We're building this, all right? So this is, this is a nice church. I'm going to go to that church. I mean, that's yeah, pretty nice. And so what we've done, we've broken this thing down into bite-sized chunks. It was one big project, but to get it done in a timely manner, we had to break it down into three chunks. And so this is the first phase up at the top. So this phase right here includes bathrooms, it includes foyer space. I mean, after church today, like people were trying to get out. They couldn't get out because it's... You know, people like each other, and the coffee's in there, and we are buying shirts. And so we have no foyer. It's like we, have, we need some common space so we can, like, get to know each other more, right? You hang out in here, it's great. We're going to have a foyer space in there as well, and it's going to connect the two buildings for security. And so here's some other things we're going to do. Next slide has the schematics. We can go over that. I'll, I'll put, them, put them out there later next week. So Bridge the Gap Building Fund, this is what it's going to. More parking spots. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it's 100 more, 75 more parking spots. Um, foyer space, restrooms, um, expanded seating, safety, landscape, and drainage. These things are going to do. So we're going to knock this wall down, make this all sanctuary space. We have an entry this way. Um, and here's the biggest thing is we want a place that's safe and secure. Right? We live in a world today, sadly, that we have to worry about that stuff. I mean, we do the best we can. We have locks. We have people stationed looking out, making sure things are going on. We have, we have teams of people that, that make sure we're safe. But we want a building that's easy to secure, easy to you make safe for your children and for us. And so this is, this is why it's important to connect these two buildings. It just makes it more secure. Your kids aren't away from it. We can you know, keep an eye on everything at once. And so that's the big thing. Also, if you notice when you drove in, there's lots of pools of water everywhere. That's because we have some drainage issues. And we have to fix those uh, before we can uh, put a foundation down. we got to fix a lot, of founda- a lot of these drainage issues. So that's a lot of the cost as well. Plus, we have to uh, upgrade all these buildings to meet code. These were put in before the modern code. And so the modern code says we've got to have sprinklers and we've got to do a bunch of other stuff. And so it's added a lot of cost to it. This is why we've broken it down to something that we feel, feel like we can manage pretty quickly. And so that's where that is. Enough of the boring stuff. All right, here we go. Talking about where we're at. Where are we at? Okay, the estimated total for this phase is $1.2. $1.2 million. And this is what we've brought in so far. So we, this, this is amazing. This month alone, last month alone, we raised $17,000. Not just $17,000, $17,135.81. That, that's the biggest giving That's the biggest giving month yet. We've been doing this for a year and a half. And so, so far, we've, been, we've raised $70,136.55. Thank you, guys. Y'all are amazing. Uh, and so we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And so here's the gap. We only need $1,129,863.45. Hey, it's going down, guys. Like, 
Last week, you know, add 17,000 to that last, last, last month. It's, getting, it's going down. It's getting there. We're going to get there. I mean, it's, we're going to get there. Um, and so what's on the next slide? I can't remember. Okay, this is the important one, right? I need to know this one. This is how you give to this thing. Uh, and so how you give to this building project, you can give online. And if you give online, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to do it through electronic check. Use an option on there to do electronic check. They only take 25 cents out of that. Uh, but because we do use electronic uh, uh, outside bank, when you use a credit card, they take a percentage. And so we want as much money as we can get for that. Right? We don't want to send it. We don't, we don't want to build Stripes big building, right? We want to build Waterhouse Church. So, um, so if you can do electronic check, that's best. If you do credit card, I understand as well. Uh, you can do that by scanning that QR code. Or you can drop, we still take check, cash and check. You know, I know that's hard for some people, but check, cash and check. And the offering box in the back, uh, you can give online. Uh, and just make sure when you give online that you select Bridge the Gap Fund, okay, for all these transactions so we know it goes toward the building fund. Um, and so uh, every Bridge the Gap Sunday, we do an offering. We come up and bring your offering. But this time, I'm going to ask that, but something a little different. So it's the beginning of the year. A year and a half ago, we did pledges. And so we asked you, hey, what do you feel like you could do this for the next two years? And, and so a lot of you... What you pledge, you came through. A lot of us, some of us, didn't quite get there. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not against pledges. I think pledges are good. But what I'm going to challenge you with a commitment. I'm going to challenge you with a commitment. And, and here is the commitment. If you can go to that slide. Here's the commitment I'm looking for. I'm looking for 100 people, just 100, okay? I know we have two different groups in here today. We, we normally average around... 275 to 300 every week, but we have 450 people that call Waterhouse Church or community. So I'm just looking for 100 people to give a $500 a month for a year, okay? And I'm looking for 200 people giving 250 a month for the rest of this year. And you're thinking, man, that's a big amount. I don't have that. Some people have that. Some people don't. Some people have the 250. Some people don't. I get you. Here's what I don't want. I don't want you not eating and paying bills to build this thing. This is, this is what you have and what you're going to afford, okay? And, and so I, I believe, I truly believe that there is 100 people that can do that. Maybe not all within this church. There's people outside the church that can do this because there's people that see kingdom investment and they want to invest in that even if they're going to another church or even if they're from outside the building. And so here's how this looks for you and for me. Maybe I got it. Maybe I'm like, hey, I can do $500 a month. I know for a fact there's already one person doing 500 a month. And so you're like, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do $250 a month. Maybe I can only do $100 a month. Well, you know what? You have friends, right? Maybe find some friends and say, hey, friend, my church is building this building, and it'd be really helpful and be awesome. This is what God's wanting to do through us. This is what God's doing in us. Would you, would you help, me, help, me, help me do this? Could you give $100 a month toward this? That's $25 a week. Have you been to Starbucks lately? <laughs> have you eaten anywhere lately? McDonald's is $25. Bucks. It's crazy. And so it was like, hey, Maybe we can pull our friends together and we can be that 500 a month. And so I'm just asking for some monthly commitments to say every month I'm going to give toward this and, and I'm going to make it happen. So here's the greatest thing about that is when you go online, you can actually select it to where it takes it out uh, every, week, every month or every week, wherever you want to do that. And so it's good because it goes out without me looking at it. If it's in my hand, it's hard for me to give it, right? But when it's out, just like, you know, Netflix and all that stuff, it's like, what well, have three Netflix accounts, right? So... Those things just make it automatic, and God's, and God's going to do something with it, I promise. And so that's, 
That's, that's the commitment this year. I'm not looking for pledges. I'm looking for commitments. And so just ask the Lord, Lord, what can I commit to? What is possible for me? Like, what is, what is truly possible for me? I don't want you, to, I don't want you to, to, give, to, to pledge something that there's no way. I mean, God can make a way, trust me. But I, I, I don't want you to, to pledge so much that you really can't follow through because it's too big for you. It's like, God, what can I do and how can I help? The reality is somebody could come in and drop 100, you know, 1.5 million in the, in, in the, in the, I could find it in the mailbox and we could build this thing tomorrow. But the reality is, is it's, it's probably going to take all of us giving what we have. It's going to take all of us together, and here's why. Because I believe that God wants us to build this thing and look at it and say, God, you did that. Not rich so-and-so that gave me a check for a million and a half and wants his name up on there or in the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> but wants some kind of recognition. It's like, Lord, you built that. You did that through us. Thank you, God, that we all had a part in that. I got to build part of that. That's a legacy for your family. So that's, that's, that's what I'm asking. It's a bold ask, but I know it's what... It's what we need to do. And so make a commitment. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, and you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do? And on those envelopes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just write down your commitment. And this is, a, this is out of faith, right? But I want you to write down what you can do. Man, if you're like $10 a month, uh, you know, that's fine. It's all you can do. It, it matters in the kingdom of God. There is no small, time, there is no small giving, right? No small giving. And so just ask the Lord, but then also today we're going to take up a regular offering for it. And so just give what you have. Maybe you got 10 bucks in your pocket. Maybe you have uh, some money. You're like, I don't know what to do with this money. I'm giving you a place to do something to do with it. So just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? I'm going to pray. You're going to write. And then I want you to come bring your offerings and just throw them in these baskets up here. And then we'll talk about what God's done this year. Father God, I thank you so much. For this building project, God, it's been in our heart. It's been a process for two years. Lord, going into it, thank you, Lord, that you finally gave us favor with the city. And, Lord, we, they've approved our site plan, and they're about to approve the building so we can start breaking ground and doing this thing. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can do this. And when we're done with it, it will be debt-free because you made a way. Thank you, God. Lord, I praise you, and I thank you, Lord, for everybody. I thank you, Lord, that you enable us to give what we give. You take it, and you multiply it. God, we are just stepping out in faith today. And, Lord, I pray for those that make these commitments that, that you, you put it in their heart, what they can do. And, God, you just give them that finance to be able to do it. God, we love you for that. We thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for what you to do in this building. We love you. We look forward to the future. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're ready, just go and come bring your offerings. I would sing, but I'm not. There we go. We got some music. Good offering music. and your commitments. Thank you for your giving this morning. I told the, the media team, was like, put me a timer up there because I got a lot to say and not a lot of time to say it. And we went over by 20 minutes last service. So we'll see what happens this service. No, it's going to be good. Uh, and so, 
You know, it's been a phenomenal year. 2023 for this church has been just incredible. Uh, we've doubled. I'm not tossing numbers around, but we've doubled in, in who we are as a church. But not only that, I think spiritually, so many of you have gotten to a next level. Like God has done so many things in you. And uh, this week I'd sent an email out to several people and I said, hey, tell me your story. What did God do in you this, this year? And I've gotten so many back that I was just going to work some of the, 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 the message today. And I'm like, if I fit all these in here, we'd be here till midnight. But they're all incredible stories. They're all incredible testimonies of what God's done in people's lives. And so I'm going to share some of those stories as I'm talking about what God's doing in the church and what we see God doing moving into 2024. And to, like I said today, if it's your first time here, it's probably a good day to be here because you get to understand who or why we're here, what we feel like God's put us, placed us here to do, and why, as a church, uh, we feel so strongly about reaching our community. And so uh, it's going to be a good day for you. So what is Waterhouse Church about? You know, when you walked in the door, you saw two banners there, and one banner has this on it. Waterhouse Church exists to fill people with Jesus and to pour out his life-giving spirit into the world. We named this church Waterhouse Church because we felt like God wants us to be like a water tower. Water goes up into you know, this, this one right here that's right next to us. Like water goes up and it comes out pressurized and it goes out into these water mains and it starts feeding homes, communities, education centers, things like that. And, and I, we feel like this church, God has called us to be like that. Like God has put his spirit in us. He's put things in us and he wants us to take those things into the world, into businesses, into our residents, into the schools, into all these areas and facets of our community. This is why we name the church Waterhouse Church. And many of you may know this, many of you don't know this, but we had the name Waterhouse Church before they built that. It's a credible story. I'll talk to you about it later. If you go to my Next Steps class, I'm going to plug in this class a lot of times. I'll explain how that came about. But that is our passion. This is our vision. John 7, 37 says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, as for yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. This passage talks about God dwelling within us. His spirit dwells in us and his spirit pours out of us, living water. Wherever we go, we give people life. And this is what we want to do as a church. And our, our mission as a church is really stated in four main areas. If you want to call them water mains, you can call them water mains if you want to keep that theme. But it's really four main areas and four main uh, directions and functions of the church. And I believe that these four things reflect God's heart. And and so if we're doing these four things well, I know that God is reaching our community and we're doing what he wants. And I, I, I look back on 2023 and I'm like, man, God, you've been so faithful. I woke up this morning and that song was on my heart. All my life, you've been faithful. All my life. And I, and I looked on the list like, oh, yeah, it's on the list. Sweet. It's like it's on, it was on my heart. God, you've been so faithful. And God has been so faithful in us and through us this year. It's just amazing. And as we look at these four things and we share these testimonies, we get to see how God is, is moving among us and through us and out of us 
It's just an amazing journey. And so what are these four things? Well, the first one is this. We refresh others through authentic relationships. What does that mean? How do we refresh others through authentic relationships? What do I mean by authentic? You know, we think of like authentic Mexican food or authentic Italian food. What makes it authentic? Right? If I go, yeah, I'm not going to go there, but uh, (laughs) back up. What makes it authentic? It's real. It's genuine. Like it's the real deal, right? It, 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 It is the real deal. And so in our relationships, they're supposed to be the real deal. Genuine without falsehood. The relationships there are you can lean on somebody and they can lean on you. Like you can go to them in a bad day and they're still going to love you for it. Like you can have a horrible day. You, you can even treat them kind of bad and they're still going to love you because they're going to see past the defense, the offense, and they're going to see the person. This is what authentic friendships do, right? If I, if I have a best friend and they treat me bad, I'm not mad at them. I'm saying, what's wrong with my friend? What's going on in their life? And this is what authentic relationships are in the church. We need each other. If we don't have another person in our life to help us, we are what Ecclesiastes, I'm about to read here, we're in real trouble. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls, has no one to lift him up again. Anyone, if... Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. This passage talks about how good it is to have people in your corner. I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in his message translation. It says this, it's better to have a partner than go alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. I don't know about you, but I've had those moments where I needed a friend because I was going through the worst. And he says, can you round up a third? He's saying there's power in relationships. A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. There's moments in your life where you're going to need people. Every moment you need people. But it's in those moments where you're at the lowest of the low, you have a hard time, maybe you've gotten a diagnosis and you don't know what to do with it. It's in that moment where somebody can come alongside you and lift you up. Somebody can defend you together. Like you can fend these things off together. Look, life is hard. Life is unpredictable. But life with others who love you and care about you makes life a little bit bearable. And not only that, even fuller. Not easier, but fuller. I think we have the stigma that when I become a believer, my life's going to be cake. It's more like moldy old cheese, right? (laughs) I mean, it's still good. Like, life is still good. But just because you become a believer doesn't mean you're going to face hardships and hard times. But the beauty about being a believer is you have these people now that see see things the same way you do, and they come alongside you and they lift you up. Yes. I want to read a testimony. It's from Mark and Lori. In 2023, for Mark and I, it was a punch in the gut. Mark's diagnosis of stage four terminal cancer was not expected. Very quickly, we experienced how cancer can steal dreams, cause fear, and cause a feeling of isolation from others. But God made sure long ago in his perfect plan 
for us that we found Waterhouse Church. The family support from Waterhouse has ranged from prayer warriors praying on their knees, to dishes of amazing food, to cards, to messages and visits. Through this, you'd think we'd, we, especially Mark, would still want to hoard the anger because we have a good reason to be angry. Or shut off because it's not, or, or, or shut off because it's not easier not to talk about it. Mark was the first to say, no, God has not done with me yet. His mission is to share his faith, to show through his journey that there is no fear because our God has a home waiting for him and for them, his workers, his chemo buddies, his caregivers, his friends, his children, and his grandchildren. Mark is speaking life even through his journey that could end tomorrow in a month or in two years. He considers every day a blessing, and he, and he knows that he will see Jesus face to face. And that's his testimony to anyone who wants to listen. He finds strength, knowledge, and encouragement through men's group and various Bible studies that Waterhouse offers. I find encouragement through worship team and amazing friendships from women who are ready to hug, cry with me, and pray over me without hesitation. I'm truly believing in Mark's healing. I'm truly believing that he will be cancer-free, and he will live a long, full life. And I'm believing that, you're believing that, and we're standing with Mark, healing. I know the God I serve. I know the God I serve. Look, I've seen people healed. I've seen breast cancer gone. I've seen bone cancer gone. God can do it, and we believe in it. We need those people that can stand alongside of us when hard times come. We need these people that are authentic, like relationships that can build us and, and pull us up. We need people that we can have a genuine love with. I love what Romans 12, 9 says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. What a concept. Like, really love them. Don't, don't put on a fake facade. Don't, don't talk good. You know, don't smile at them in public and then stab them in the back in private, right? Or go to your friends. It's like, love them. Love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection. Like I said, we're huggers, right, around here. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Look, we need people in our life. We need people that can accept our faults. We need people that can correct us. Like, because we know, they know, you know they love you. I can receive correction from somebody that knows they love me, that I know they love me, and I know they want what's best for me. I can look at them and say, that's a hard thing you just told me, but I receive it because I know I need correction. We all need those friends that can correct us and love us, kind of like Shrek and Donkey. You remember the movie Shrek? You know, Shrek is out with Donkey, and Donkey starts singing this song. I'm all alone. There's nobody here beside me, right? And Shrek gets irritated like you just did with me. It's like, no wonder you don't have any friends. Stop singing. And what does Donkey say? Wow, only a true friend would be that brutally honest. We need friends that will be honest, even brutally honest, for our own good. We need friends that can pull out what God has put into us, people. I'm so thankful for the relationships of this church because those people saw things in me that I didn't see. And they pulled those things out. They said, man, I see this in you. I see, I see what God's placed in you. And they pulled it out. 
but we also need friends that can come alongside and dispel the lies of the enemy. Because it's easy to listen to the enemy's lies. We need people to come in and tell us truth. Say, that's not the truth. What you're listening to, what you're hearing, what you're feeling, that's not truth. Here's truth. You need people in your life to lift you up and to encourage you and to build you up and to walk alongside you in hard times. Another person wrote, after fighting a tough battle with cancer, my mom went to be with Jesus this year. This is one among many other trials I had to face during the time. But Waterhouse stepped up and became my family. They have loved me and my daughter just like the Bible describes. Being a part of this church has given me a sense of purpose and peace. They have enriched my life tremendously. Jesus shines through the people of Waterhouse, and I'm so grateful and blessed to be a part of this family. Look, this year in 2024, we're trying to make more opportunities for relationships to be built. We do this through our life groups. We also do this just through our ministries, a men's group, women's group, women's ministry, uh, and youth and kids and young adults. These things are important. You've got to get involved. I tell my, you know, it's like I tell people all the time. Like I told my kids, if you want friends, you got to be a friend. And so how can you build these authentic relationships? you got to open yourself up to be hospitable, like this passage just said. You know, you can start today. You can meet somebody at, at, at the end of church and say, hey, we're going to McDonald's. You want to go with me? Maybe you go somewhere nicer. I don't know. McDonald's is still okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going to Taco Casa. You know, hey, whatever. I'm going here. You want to go with me? It's, it's that. I know there's people in this church that are really good at that. They're, hospita- they're hospitable. And so we need people to come alongside. Also, April 7th, we're, we're starting our small groups. We're going to launch that day. And so be looking on the lookout for ways you can form a group and also maybe join a group. We're going to be sending that out in the next month. So be looking for that. That's something to look forward to. So we refresh others through authentic relationships. When you get around people and you're like, ah, oh, I needed that. That's what that means. Second thing, second area where we feel like God's led us to do is restore lives through spirit-led ministries. What do I mean by spirit-led ministries? Well, if, if our ministries in the church aren't restoring people's lives, aren't making them better, aren't, aren't, aren't building something up in them, then we're missing the point. We don't have ministries just to have ministries. When, when, when God brings us something, we look at it, we analyze it, we say, Lord, is this what you want us to do? If it is, then we'll do it. If it's not, then we won't. Look, just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. And so we're very picky about the ministries we start here. And we start them because they should be giving life and they should be reconciling all things. Just like Colossians 1.19 says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, God reconciled everything, everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated by him from your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless. Can you say that? I'm holy and blameless. Say it. Yeah, and believe it. You are holy and you are blameless in his sight, without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you've received when you heard the good news. Look, this is what ministry is. It's, it's, it's teaching people. It's showing people Jesus. It's reminding them. It's, re, it's, reconcile, it's, build, it's reconciling. It's building in all the things of God. And then it's reminding them daily. Much of a, a pastor's job or a ministry leader's job is simply this, reminding you, hey, 
Jesus has saved you. Hey, you're pure. Hey, you're faultless. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. Stop walking into that. Like you're made for better things. This is what ministry does. And we have all these ministries that do that. And I'm going to start talking about them. And I'm going to share some testimonies about them. First one I want to point out is freedom ministry. There's something amazing about people coming in one way and leaving another. Like people coming in broken and bound and tied up and leaving free and the joy on their face. You know, Mike and Kim lead this freedom ministry, and God has blessed them with the ability to do this. Amen. And here's why, because they've been delivered by much. They've, they've found freedom from much. And here's the one thing that I know about God and how he works. He takes what the enemy destroys, what the enemy may, meant to be bad. He takes it, he redeems it, he rebuilds it, and he turns it into a weapon. And he, he empowers the people that, that the enemy has beat down and took down, and he sends them right back in and says, now, take the redemption that I've given to you, go back in there and set people free. And this is what happens through a freedom ministry. And this is what redemption is, is taking somebody, not just somebody out of something, but moving them into something to destroy darkness and to bring Jesus to the world. I want to read you Caitlin's testimony. Before we found Waterhouse Church, we were church hopping and not settling in a church. It was very hard spiritually. If you've been in that place where you're trying to find a home church, you just got to find one that feels right. I understand we did that with our family and it was hard. And so she was looking, it was hard spiritually, but ever since we found a home here at Waterhouse Church, we have changed for the good drastically. 2023 was really rough for me. The enemy came and found a crack in my family and marriage and split my family apart. I was at the lowest of lows and was very much ready to end my life. God has brought Waterhouse people into my life and has given me the biggest blessing of everyone's prayers. Now my marriage is whole again. My family is back together and has made amends with my husband. I walked through freedom in October, and ever since, I have not had one thought of suicide. Yeah. I have broken off depression, and my relationships have gotten stronger because of this church. I am forever eternally grateful for this church. We, this year through the summer, we went through freedom corporately. We called it Free by Fall, and so many people were set free. And yeah. it was just an amazing summer. And, yeah. and so I know that God's going to continue to do that. And it's not just people like Caitlin that are being set free, but also men. You know, there's something about men talking, men opening up, men really being raw and real with each other. I know for a lot of guys, that's not something we look forward to. It's not like, I want to go to a group and just be open. That's not our thoughts. But there's something that God has done within our men's ministry that allows us to come in here with 25 to 40 guys and really get down to what God's doing in everybody's lives and not just talk about it, but build something in it. I've seen so many men come on a Wednesday night, I mean on a Monday night, broken. Didn't know if they could go on another day. And now some of those same men are probably some of the strongest men in the church. They're leading their families. They're teaching their families how to pray. They're teaching, they're, they're doing the things that God has called them to do. It's because we have men that can show them the way. I needed men in my life. I wasn't raised in a godly home with, man, with, with a godly man. I needed a man in my life to teach me what it looked like to be a man of God. And I got that through 
men's ministry. And so I want to invite you guys, if you haven't been to a men's ministry on Monday, Monday at 6.30, we're here. We're here till about 8 o'clock. And it's good. I look forward to it all the time. I've grown so much just in my relationship with God through this. And we also have quarterly breakfast. And I'm going to argue with you, it's the best biscuits in town. I mean, all the guys are like, come on, Henry, cook some more biscuits up. We can't keep those things coming fast enough. And bacon. And bacon. We got bacon. We had chorizo last week. It was amazing. And last time it was amazing. But on those breakfasts, we're not just eating. We're building each other up. We challenge one another. We say, hey, man, you've got this. It's hard to be a man in this world. It's hard to be a man in this culture. But God's saying, I can help you. We need each other, man. we got to have each other's back. Zach says this about the men's ministry. Over the past year, God's influence channeled through the teachings of our Monday evening's men's group have profoundly shaped my marriage. I've grown into a more understanding and patient husband. How many women? I need a more understanding and patient husband. My wife's raising her hand right now. It's a reason it's the first fruit. Realizing, realizing the delicacy of caring for my wife, the transformation has turned me into a safe haven for her, fostering a newfound connection and love. Thanks to God and the men's group, our intimacy, communication, and honesty have reached new heights, changing the trajectory of our legacy for the better. we got to have people, and these ministries allow that. Just like in our women's ministry, so many women, we come, they meet over here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and, and there's, there's something good about it. There's something true about it. They meet on Wednesdays, but really the women's group, it just, it's deeper than that. I'm on their Facebook group page. I stalk because I'm the pastor. <laughs> I got to be on these things. They haven't talked about me yet, which is good. <laughs> but they're sharing. They're like, I need help. I need prayer. I need this. I need that. And they're always right there. there there's something about a group of women that... It's just amazing. And this is what our ministries do. Our ministries are built to build. They're made to build people up, to equip them, to give them what they need, and then to send them out into the world. And we have some great plans this year for the women's group. I know we've talked about ladies' brunches and, and conferences, and there's a conference coming up. It's called Bloom Conference, March 20th, uh, March 2nd. Um, you can register for that. If, if you're not sure how to register for that, uh, you can see Rachel right there. Rachel, can you stand up? And Rachel, you do a fantastic job leading the women's group. Thank you. And Mike leads our men's ministry as well with lots of help. And so, uh, and so if you're not sure how to sign up for that, do that. Join their Facebook group page, ladies. Um, just answer the couple questions we asked you to answer in there and make sure, because it's a private group. We want to make sure it's good. Um, and so, women, it's amazing. Here's what Janelle says about the women's group. When my son and I became, began coming to Waterhouse, I lost my joy. I put up walls and kept everyone at distance. I'd been married to two alcoholics. One was abusive. My divorce left me both physically and spiritually bankrupt. But Rachel led the captivated Bible study, and it's forever changed my life. The study led us in forgiving and releasing those traumas. God began healing me and restoring my joy. During this time I've been here, I realized God's grace is available to me. I simply had to accept it. The Freedom Series helped me release me from my soul ties, and I am free from the fear of my ex, ex, free from financial strife, depression, and all the other stresses that plagued me. Thank you for being a house of God and teaching his word. I have become so hungry to read and learn more and hope to inspire others as well. I'm thankful for being surrounded by genuine people who truly love God and share it with others. Thankful for the godly men who are examples for my teenage son 
thankful for fellowship and for small groups. If you know Janelle, she's got the biggest smile than anybody. She serves in our pre-K. She serves with our youth. She's one of those people who's like, what needs to be done, I'll do it. It's because God's done something in her life. She sees the value, and she wants it to happen in other people's lives. Look, these stories I'm sharing, it's not just to, to brag on the church. It's, it's a testimony. Scripture says that, that testimony is a spirit of prophecy. What's that mean? It says what, what happened for these people can happen for you. Are, is your marriage broken? God can heal that. Are you sick? God can heal that. Are you lonely? God has people for you. This is why we share our testimony, because it's a powerful prophecy that it did it, God did it in my life. He can do it in your life. And man, it just, it's, it's amazing what God's doing among our young people here. I kind of I threw some of you young adults under the fence this morning. I was like, because I'm like, I was, was kind of bragging on how many young adults we have in church. And I was like, they're not here yet. They'll be here at 11 because they got to sleep in. <laughs> and you're here. But God's doing something. God's doing something in you. And, and we're wanting to build that. And, you know, so I'm probably going to send an email out pretty quick to a lot of young adults. How can we, how can we reach your generation? How can we reach y'all better? What's important to you? And, and so we're going to do that. In, in our youth group, it's just been an amazing journey. You know, while we're looking for this youth pastor candidate, uh, we had a couple guys come in and observe, and, and one of them said, man, they both said, these kids are amazing, your leaders are amazing, it's just the worship is amazing. Like, we have a, we have a worship team, and they are good. Like, God is raising them up, and they serve, and they love Jesus. They're not up here as a, as a platform for them. They're up here worshiping Jesus, and, and, I, and I love it. And, and, and one said, I don't think you need a youth pastor because it runs so well. And that's a testimony of, of Karen and the leaders. We have 16, 14 to 16 adult leaders in youth every week. We have 30 to 40 youth every week in here. They take up this whole space. And in that preliminary that I showed you, that extra was supposed to be youth space, but in reality, it's not big enough to house them. And, and so this is what God's doing. This is what God's doing. And so I want to recognize you, man. If you work in the youth and the youth with the youth on Wednesday, just stand. We want to, we want to love on you. Go and stand. There you go. Some more. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for you. You know, this is a personal pet peeve of mine. I get the context where it comes from when you call them next gen. Youth are not next gen. Like youth are now. Like young adults are now. They, they deserve a voice. They deserve a place. They, they have something to give. Their voice matters. I've seen a 12-year-old prophesy, okay? God, God does things in young people just like he does anybody else. And they have a place. This is why we've included them in worship and we've given them things to do and, and let them serve wherever they want to serve. We don't tell them you're too young. You don't know. We want to train them up and we want to send them out. And to be honest... Some of these teenagers that come here, they're more spiritually mature than some adults. They get it. It's amazing to see. I mean, when Vanessa came up and prayed earlier, this is why we started doing that. We're like, we're going to incorporate the youth into church and say, you're just as important as anybody else. You have value. And while we're looking, we are looking for a part-time youth pastor, but I'm praying that the Lord allows us to financially be able to support one full-time. 
because it, it's, it's that important. We need someone that can go to games, someone that can love the, the kids, that can be in their life, someone that can spend time with their parents, someone that can really invest the time it takes to bring these students to where God wants them to be. And so would you pray with me about that? I mean, I'm serious. Would you pray with me about that? That God will not only bring the right person, but also that he brings the finances, that we can do that. In our kids' ministry, man, we had kids' camp this year. We had VBS. VBS was awesome. Thank you so much for those who put on VBS. Is Emily in here? There she is. Thank you so much for doing that. It's kind of in transition, and yeah, no, y'all should be clapping. That's not just because she's my daughter, but that's BBS is like it's a beat down, right? It's a beat down, but it's good. It's good for the kids, um, and, and so it's just been amazing. And you know, we had Dallas and Shelly. It's going to be a transitional year this year. Dallas and Shelly stepped out, and Emily stepped in. Dallas and Shelly were our kids pastors for almost seven years. Like it's amazing. You don't get that. You don't get longevity in in ministry. But they've done a fantastic job. Emily stepped in, and she says, I'll do it until you find somebody. And, and so we're looking, and we, we found Ryan and Sarah, and they've just been what we needed. They brought some much-needed structure in there, and as we've grown, uh, they're, they're doing some great things. And this year, their focus is, is, is on the parents, not just the kids, but the parents. Because parents, you, whether you realize this or not, you are the single most important spiritual person in their life. If, if your kids come to church and that's the only faith they get and that's the only Jesus they get, then you're missing your, your role as a parent. That's the same for you. Like parents, believe it or not, God will help you <laughs> raise your kids in this. And we want to help you. We want to equip you. We want to empower you. And so I'm going to encourage you, February 24th, we're having an open house before, our, before we're having an encounter service. But on the 24th, we're at 2 o'clock, it's an open house where you're going to go and you're going to talk to Ryan and Sarah and the leaders. You're going to meet the leaders. They're going to talk about what they're going, they're going to do in the year, how, 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 what they're talking about. But they're also going to give you some tools to put in your tool belt to, to educate your kids, to teach your kids, and to minister to your kids. you got to take it serious. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in parents. Because I'm telling you, I, I was in youth ministry long enough to know when parents were at home ministering and taking that role and responsibility their kids were wildly different. And I'm not talking about behavior. I mean, kids are kids. I'm talking about their spiritual maturity, how they see the world, what they worry about, all these things. And this year, it's just been, it's been awesome to be able to bring on two other people part-time to sit in the nursery and early child development. Uh, Miss Erica and Miss Mikhail, they're awesome. They're so amazing. And we have Janelle serving in pre-K and Sharon serving in pre-K. They do a fantastic, amazing job in there. I mean, do you want to be alone with some two- and three-year-olds <laughs> and four-year-olds? No. But God has gifted them to be able to do that. It's important. There's something about a parent taking the role of the priest for their kids that makes a difference. It's funny, last week I was leaving here, and one of our, our kids her and mom were in the car waiting for her dad to come. And she says, Pastor, Pastor. I looked and she goes, I want, I want to share a passage with the church. Okay, and I'm a pastor. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, when, when an adult says it, you're like, no way, right? <laughs> but it's a cute little kid. What are you going to do? You're kind of stuck, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, what's the passage? And they sent me the passage. And she's like, she was so excited. She goes, I read that. And, and, God, and she's like, God, I just need to share it with the church. 
I said, okay, we're going to do that. So today she's going to share that with you. Because out of the mouth of babes comes the word of God. And so Shaylin, when you come up. Now, if you know Shaylin, she is awesome. God's got an anointing on her life, a power in her life. Um, and when Shaylin asks me for things, she usually gets it. So I need to, like, learn to say no. I'm working on it. Are you ready, ma'am? Okay, here we go. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being sure of what we do not see. Hebrews 11 through 1. You should try very hard to add goodness to your faith. To goodness, add knowledge. To knowledge, add the ability to control yourselves. To the ability to control yourselves, add the strength to keep going. To the strength to keep going, add godliness. To godliness, add kindness for one another, add and uh, to uh, kindness for one another and love. If you do everything I've just said, you will never trip and fall. You will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom into the kingdom that lasts forever. It is the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter one uh, through five, five through seven, ten through eleven. Amen. Thank you. Great job. Good job, parents. Uh, Casey and Sh- man, they just do an amazing job with their kids, and they do have a small group as well, and, and they include the family. They do family devotions, and so I'm going to encourage you, do family devotions. If you're not sure how, talk to our kids' pastors. They'll give you some good material. Look, it's important to lead your family, and so this is what our ministries do. We build, we encourage, we strengthen, and, and ministries is not what we do here. It's who we are. Like, we are called to reconcile all things to Jesus Christ. This is what ministries do. And then lastly, the fourth thing, well, that's not the fourth thing, third thing. I'm not time. We're over. It's okay. This is it. Third time. But wait, I'm way ahead than last Sunday, than last service, so we're good. We renew minds through biblical teaching. What's it mean to renew minds through biblical teaching? Look, everything we do here is found in Scripture. From our constitution and bylaws to how we, we operate, we look at the word, we say, Lord, is this what you want us to do? What does scripture say? And then we move forward. When we, when we preach, when we teach, it's all based on scripture. And, 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 and it's all for scripture. We believe in the word of God. It's powerful. It's active. Right? Even Hebrews 4.12 says this, that the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Scripture cuts straight to our motives, and it brings us closer to God. It's not just words on a page, guys. It's life, and it's hope. I don't know how many times where, I, where I've needed like some encouragement, and I've opened my Bible, and there it is. God's Word speaks. God's Word speaks. So I pray that you let it speak. Here's what Bonnie says about the Word of God. In the past year, I discovered Waterhouse Church and became a member. Through the Sunday sermons, the Bible studies, the personal devotions and studies, I have fostered a closer relationship with the Lord, supported by a deeper understanding. I feel I've been viewing Christ in black and white for 50 years. Now I'm viewing him in high death. I love that. A couple years ago, I was praying in here, and I just saw people sitting in seats, and it was all black and white. And then one by one, they started popping up into full color. I said, Lord, let that happen. 
let people come to full life. They've been living black and white their whole life. They've been living not, not even close to what God has for them, the fullness of life that has, God has for them. And, and, and I love that Bonnie's discovering that the word is so deep and so rich, you can never get to the bottom of it. Cliff Olson, who's a Bible translator, he teaches one of our classes here. It's how to, it's how to understand the Bible. In fact, this class has gotten so big, they've had to move out of the church and move into a home. Like I said, space. So on Wednesdays, they meet at 7 o'clock at Henry, Henry's house. Henry's one of our elders. Is Henry in here? He's always running around doing something. Where is he? Somebody pointed. Okay. Well, if, if you want to get involved in that class, just contact our office, and we'll get, you, we'll get you the information to get involved in that class. Right now, they've been going through Nehemiah for like six years, something like that. Um, but it's good. People are like really, really, really learning and understanding through that class because it's important, to, and, and discipleship is important. There he is back there. There's Henry. There he is. Yeah, it's his house. Cliff teaches it. Discipleship is vital. This is what learning is. It's discipleship. It, it, it's a lifelong journey to, more, to learn more about Jesus. And, it, and, and when you disciple somebody, it's not just face-to-face. That's important. Like, we need to have these face-to-face conversations. But when you look at the, and the, the, the thing that Jesus modeled, discipleship, he did face-to-face, but he also did shoulder-to-shoulder. He took his disciples, and he sent them out. He did life with them. And really, this is what we do together. We just do life together, and it changes our life, and it teaches us. It takes us to the right path. We need discipleship in this world because the pattern of this world leads to destruction. The pattern of this world is, leads us to a black-and-white life. I want to read you Abby's story. Abby says this, I was invited to church with J.J., also Jessica. And Jessica, I didn't know you know everybody in town. Like I run, like I run into people in town. Like, oh, JJ? Yeah, I know her. I was like, oh, okay. Keep, keep inviting them, girl. Keep, keep, keep bringing them. She knew I was in a dark place and was looking for answers and trying to get closer to the Lord. I tried different churches, and Waterhouse was the only church I felt welcome. And more of God's presence surrounding me. Everyone has that feeling, and I felt mine being at Waterhouse. Since then, God has opened my eyes to a clearer picture and one that is full of light and love. My past is not me as an individual. I kept carrying weight that I did not have to. He didn't tell me to carry it. I chose to. And that, at that, and the enemy were trying to make me see life as a terrible thing to live. I no longer feel unloved or lost or like I'm drowning. Just because I have baggage doesn't mean I have to carry the luggage everywhere I go. He packed me up. He moved me into a place of comfort and unconditional love. Before I came in, I was in an unhealthy marriage, and for two years after the marriage itself, I would realized it wasn't the life I wanted to live, nor set that example for my daughter. I would think to myself, while being out as a family, am I happy? Am I going to hell because I'm with a woman? Is there a man for me that will want me and my child? Then I thought about the word divorce. I don't like it. I never didn't want a divorce, ever. I was brought up at a divorced home, and I didn't want that for my kids especially. I was stuck in between what God was upset with when it came to my choices. I knew that God wanted me and also knew where I was. Starting the relationship itself, I was young and thought love was love, and love was true love. I told myself, God loves me either way. It'll be okay. 
Then I had a baby Rose, and God turned on the stadium lights for me. He's spending, her spending time with her grandpa and her friends, having a dad help me, even more to show that she needs a man in her life because a man leads the house. The path starts with us. Our foundation in the house. I wasn't happy. I wasn't okay. I was in a really dark place. But I grew closer to God, and I told him daily, you lead and I will follow. It isn't up to me. It's up to you. It's not about what I want or what makes me comfortable. It's about what you want. So please do what needs to be done. I do not want to hurt anyone, which makes it hard to start a different life. But us being grown and one person seeking the relationship and bond with the Lord and the other holding resentments toward the Lord, it wasn't ever going to work. Sometimes the best things to do hurt the most and cut the truth. But in the end, God puts us where we are supposed to be. I trust in that. It's hard to start a new chapter when you don't have the answers because we want to know the answers. It's like an addict trying to get clean. You're leaving the old life, and it's hard because you're leaving what's comfortable. Nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. But since coming to Waterhouse, I feel loved and happy. I have a lot of joy in my heart. I cry because I feel the presence of God. I love feeling the presence. I love feeling the atmosphere of what I'm surrounded by. I can cry and not feel weak. I feel strong. I feel like all the pain is leaving slowly sometimes, but I keep going. That's the power of God to change a situation, to change a life, to move in somebody's life. And the beauty is is we got to share in Abby's baptism on December 17th. It was beautiful. And it's just amazing to see what God does in people's lives. In fact, here's the crazy thing, the incredible thing. I look, because I'm like, I know we've been baptizing a lot of people lately. And so I looked at the the stats from last year. I looked at this year. uh, And and so last year recorded, we had people that came, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Sporadically? Not sporadically. Spontaneous, that's the word. Spontaneously. Uh, but we had 40, I think 43 recorded. But within the last six weeks alone, since December up to now, we've had 20 baptisms. It's amazing. Yeah. 20. In two months. I mean, what's God going to do? Like, what's God going to keep doing? Come on, God, keep doing it, right? Because here's the thing. The world is lost and confused. The world's looking for the truth and direction But the Bible gives us the pattern for righteous living and purposeful life. This is why we cover hard topics in youth and in the church. We're covering a hard one this week, right, Justin? Every year we walk through a book of the Bible and we dive deeper into a passage. Remember Isaiah 53? You got that memorized? Like, are we ever going to be done with this? People are like, are we still on this passage, Pastor? Yeah, we're going to be done until we get it. So we we go through a book and we study and we, we dive deep into the Word because there's power in it. And so starting next week, it's going to be no different. We're, start, we're walking through a letter to the church, seven churches, which also is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So, guys, make sure you bring your notebooks. And the more I study into that, the less I know. So I'm just telling you. So we, our, our relationships, they refresh people. Our, our ministries, they, they restore them. And then the word of God preached and taught, it renews people's minds and hearts, teaches them how to live. And then lastly, we revitalize communities through missional giving and missional living. What does that mean? Well, if you're on mission and, and you understand that everything that you have is his, giving is easy. 
If you, if you are on mission, you know that, that everything is his, then giving your testimony is easy. Then, then telling people about Jesus is easy. Here's the question I ask. Does your community, does your community look different because you're there? Does your neighborhood look different because you're in that neighborhood? Does your school look different because you're in that school? Does your job look different because you're in that job? This is missional living. This is living on mission. Like Jesus has done something in my life, and I know he can do it in your life. Because here's the thing. We live in a dry and thirsty world. They need the truth, and they need Jesus. Isaiah 41 says this. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst. Look, people are thirsty. They're parched. But here's the promise. I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the Lord, will not forsake them, Lord of Israel. I will open rivers in the bare heights, the fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Here's the beauty about this passage. We're the water, the church, and his people. We're the rivers. We're the pools. We're the fountains. We're the streams. What did we just read at the very beginning? It's going to put a spirit in us, and out of us will come streams of living water. Wherever you are, you're like the water fountain giving people life. This is living on mission. And, and, and we as a church, we come together and we do it corporately as well. We, we serve at the center of hope. We help Grace House, which we're going to invite here in a minute. And, and we also do many other things. And, and this year alone, we support very many ministries. We support other missionaries to go into the world. And we're very pointed about who we pick to bring on as the missionaries and support monthly. But last year, we sent 20, almost $26,000 to missions. That's amazing. And the paraministries. And this year, I'm praying that God lets us double that. Come on, God. You can do that. And, and, and to even double our support for Center of Hope and Grace House and also pick up a Pleasant Hills Children's Home. If you know anything about that, I'll be talking about that here pretty soon. I'll probably invite them to come. Look, God has asked his church to do something in the world. Look, on top of missions, on top of these paraministries, we also serve our community through bags of food to Bill Wright Elementary every week to underprivileged kids. Ellie and Becky Vignair, Ellie McBroughton and Becky Vignair pack them every week. They get her early, and they pack the food. They make sure the kids have food, and they deliver them lovingly to the high school, I mean, to the elementary school. And here's the beauty about it. The need's so big there that this church and the Presbyterian church, Grace Presbyterian, we split the bags. And so we together work as a team to bring them. Here's the thing. The kingdom is not about one big house. The kingdom is about every house doing something to make a difference. Look, I, I treat this church like we're the only church as far as like we have to do something. But we're not the only church in town. And we're not the only people who love Jesus in town. There's a big world out there. The, the kingdom is many houses and one big kingdom. Many houses in one big kingdom. And we're just one house that makes a difference. And I'm going to invite Charlie from Grace House Ministries to tell you what God's doing in that house and how we can partner with it. So come on up, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you, guys, sir. Appreciate, you, uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here and share uh, what 
Waterhouse is doing through a parachurch ministry. Uh, we, we are an extension of the local church, and we're grateful uh, to get to do the work that we do. Uh, so we we stand for the value of each uh, little human life, particularly those in the womb who are vulnerable there. Roughly 64 million lives have been lost to abortion in the last 50 years. And so we are, we're grateful to have the opportunity to help stand up for those, for those little lives. Um, uh, while, uh, as you're probably aware, uh, the law has changed in, in Texas in recent years, abortions are still happening. We still have women traveling out of state for those or receiving the abortion pill uh, in the mail uh, in, in in contradiction to uh, to our state law, but it's still a struggle that's going on. And so when you support this work, uh, you are involved in, in, in carrying on the work really of, of the Hebrew midwives, if you remember that story uh, from Exodus, where uh, the Pharaoh had told them to destroy the lives of the little Hebrew boys. And we read, then the king of Egypt uh, said to the Hebrew midwives, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. Uh, thankfully, those those midwives uh, knew the value of those little boys, and they lived in a greater fear than the fear of the Egyptian king. That's the fear of the Lord. It says, uh, they feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, uh, but let the male children live. They chose life. And that's uh, what we continue to do uh, today. So we had we had one mom uh, who came to us. Uh, she she was in a situation. She had she had other children who were a little older. She had been a stable mother for them, but she started to veer off and make some different choices. She, in, in her words, I was I was kind of losing myself for a little bit there. She had started drinking and partying, and she found herself uh, pregnant unexpectedly. And she came to Options Clinic over behind the hospital. That's a part of Grace House. I'll tell you about all all three parts in just a minute. But that's part of what we do. Uh, she came in. She was considering abortion, so her advocate got to got to share life and hope with her, and got to show her her, her nurse uh, showed her her baby uh, on the ultrasound, and that mother went on to choose life for that child. And she's so glad that she did. She came back and shared how how that that choice and that change had led to change in her behavior. She made a U-turn and started uh, acting as a responsible mother again. And she said uh, that her daughter has been like a light in the darkness; uh, that the direction of her life had been heading. She named her daughter Genesis, she said, because she's my beginning again. Just a wonderful story we're so glad to have been a part of. So Options Clinic's our medical arm. That's where we do pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, and that initial visit to encourage uh, moms and dads uh, to choose life. And then our second arm is Grace House Pregnancy Center. For those that do, we want to equip and encourage them with parenting classes and material assistance, diapers, car seats, playpens, strollers, all that kind of stuff that they need. Uh, So educationally equip, materially equip them to be good parents. And we also have an in-school education program called Pure Truth where we get to go in area middle schools and high schools and encourage students to make the kind of choice is that hopefully they never have to come and see us at Options Clinic. So uh, last year, at, at least 64 lives uh, were, were saved from abortion through the work of this God. ministry. Praise God. And lives are being saved and changed in the course of those uh, those visits of coming and see us. We, we seek opportunities to share the gospel, and 43 people made a new yeah, profession awesome. of faith in Jesus Christ last year. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
Uh, now more than ever, students need to hear a, a positive message uh, 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 pertaining to abstinence until a marriage relationship. We get to do that in five or six area school districts through our Pure Truth program. Grateful for the opportunity to speak into that and encourage parents to engage uh, in those things as well. We're looking for, for ways to expand our ministry and reach more folks with that. We're actually on the cusp, hopefully in the month of, of February, we'll be releasing the first few episodes of a podcast that we're going to call Salt and Grace. Uh, we're going to engage those kind of topics, equip parents for that, engage just pro-life uh, in pro-life apologetics, just encouraging people how they can share why they believe what they believe about the value of life, uh, and covering just pretty much anything that falls under the under the umbrella of Grace House Ministries through that. So we're looking forward to sharing that with folks. Um, we had an increased need for material assistance last year. Uh, so we gave out, in the course of the year, uh, we gave out 94 car seats, 842 cans of formula, and over 118,000 diapers. Wow. Uh, so yes, praise wow. God for the... <laughs> For the capacity to help uh, help meet that need, it was our first full calendar year. Last year was uh, to have a location in Mineral Wells. We we got the opportunity. God put that in front of us, and so we have a location doing the pregnancy center and clinic services there in Mineral Wells, and are just it's been a tremendous response, and just uh, just very pleased to be able to serve that community in that way. Would love to chat with you on the on your way out uh, this morning. If you want to be a part of serving alongside us, we have lots of volunteer opportunities uh, that that suit different people's gifting. Different Different, uh, different schedules, different availability. Would love to chat with you about how you can be involved, but know that you are already involved uh, in supporting uh, Grace House as, as a parachurch extension of, of your ministry here. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Charlie. Now, I, I talked to you last service, and, and I asked you, what are the two big needs? Stay up here. You're not getting away. You took my microphone. Yeah. <laughs> You're not talking anymore, but you can't get away. And you said, two, the biggest need right now is, is diapers. Yeah, because, I mean, that was 100,000 diapers. That's like two houses, right, kids? <laughs> but, I mean, diapers are expensive. I, went to, I was just looking at formula. I'm like, 80 bucks for formula? Are you kidding me? Like, how do people live? And so it's like, this is expensive. This is hard. And so uh, us as a church, you know, we have a bucket out there. We don't plug it enough, but we need to fill that thing up with diapers, yeah. okay, every week. So just grab a pack of diapers when you can, throw them in there. We'll make sure that it goes to Charlie and them at the Grace House. But also, you need some, you're kind of expanding out of your, you're busting out of your seams as well. I've been to your office. Um, I, I led a devotion there, and it's, it's pretty tight in there. You got storage, and you got people all over each other, but you're needing, uh, you're needing some space. So you're needing, you're looking for some land in city limits uh, so you can build a new office. And uh, so we're going to pray with you about that, like right now. Okay. Awesome. Father God, I thank you for Grace House and what Grace House is doing, Lord. I thank you that you're meeting needs that many people don't meet. And God, that you're helping people see life. God, these people at Grace House are all-stars. God, they do it best. And it's a pleasure to be able to partner with them as a church. And Lord, I just pray that as they continue to do this, Lord, that more women and more men and more families are empowered to, to take the step that they need to to be the parents of the home they need to be for their kids. And God, I just pray, Lord, right now that you would supply them everything they need, every resource for these parents. I know they need volunteers as well. And so, God, I pray that you would just bring in volunteers. Lord, I pray that you would find them property, God, that's perfectly fitted for where they need to be. God, maybe in a place where it's unexpected, but it's perfect. And, Lord, it needs to be in city limits. And so, Lord, we pray specifically for that. Lord, let it be a gift. Don't let them have to pay a dime for it. God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, man. You're welcome.
So these are the things we support as a church, and we look forward to supporting even more. This is, this is what it looks to live on mission. And it takes us living that out in our lives. And so I'm just going to do a quick poll. How many of you have came because somebody invited you here? Yeah, look at all these hands. Maybe, did, how many of you came because of an event? Like, yeah. See the difference? Like, we get people from events and stuff. But churches think, well, if I do a bigger event, then people will come. Or if I do this, they'll come. People come because you invite them. It's missional living. But Jessica is one of those people, obviously. You're good, too. You're good, too. Your friend's here. And, and here's the thing. Like, lives are changed here, and it's usually one person at a time. I want to read one more testimony before I close. That's a testimony that Kobe sent me. If you know Kobe and her family, they're very precious. And I remember the day she showed up, and she said this. My family and I have attended Waterhouse Church since 2018. I called one Wednesday afternoon, and Debbie Phillips answered. I've been looking for a church that my whole family could attend on Wednesday nights. I called to ask if they provided child care for my baby. Her voice was so sweet and very welcoming. She was kind and asked questions about me and my family. She could have easily answered my question into the conversation. Her original answer was that she didn't know, but she would find out. By the end of the conversation, I knew I had to try it out and told her that me and my four kids would be there that evening, even if they didn't have child care for the youngest. And now we do, by the way. That's good. When we got there, we were immediately greeted. David Shields introduced himself, and then Pastor Neil did as well. They made sure to point out my kids in the right direction to get them acquainted with the other kids. They sat and talked with me, asked me questions, made me and my children feel at home from the moment we walked in. They were talking about church camp and told me that my kids could go, and since it was short notice, if we couldn't afford it, they would make sure they could still go. That same night is the night that their new youth pastor started caring. Double hearts, actually, up here. I said hearts last night, double hearts. We attended church the next Sunday, and Pastor Neil preached such a good message that I didn't want it to end. The presence of the Lord was so evident, I didn't want to leave. They held a picnic after church that day. We got to meet so many other amazing people who are still very much close today. We had to leave for a moment to grab something from the house, and my daughter, who was 9 or 10 at the time, said, Mom, can this be our home church? It feels so much like home. I said, absolutely. Since then, we have been extremely blessed by our church family. My kids have had so many memories. They have made by going to kids' camp and youth camp, mystery trips, lock-ins, VBS, dancing, singing, and lasting friendships. The women of Waterhouse are nothing short of incredible. They're an incredible blessing. Each one of them... They love you with everything they have, and they truly and sincerely care about you. They check up on you. They support you. They comfort you. They fervently pray for you and your family. Meal chains, prayer chains, meal trains, prayer chains, if you need it, they're there. No one person is superior to the other. We're all here for the same reason, to love Jesus and to love like Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Christ. My family and I had the pleasure of serving with Waterhouse Church, and every year since, we started, God has always done something amazing. There would be too much to list, but I feel the main point of my testimony is that we are family. And regardless of what's going on in your personal life, there's no judgment, no uncondi- just unconditional love and undeniable presence of God. This story and all the other ones, it's a testimony of, of you, of you. It's not, it's not, rarely did they say, oh, the pastor's such a good preacher or the worship team's so amazing. 
It's the people of the church that make a difference. It's the church being the church. And I look forward to the church being the church even more this year. Look, we celebrate this, yes, but we didn't do it by ourselves. We did it with Jesus, him working through us. And so I pray that this year, like we have more testimonies, more things that God's going to do to us that we restore, refresh, renew, and revitalize even more so. And today, I pray that we can do that even more. And I want to say this. Today, maybe you've come in here and you don't know Jesus, and you're asking, why is this service so long? And you don't understand why we sing. You don't understand a lot of this, but something's in your heart, and Jesus has been tugging on your heart. He wants to know you. And what happened in these people's lives can happen in your life. God is no respecter of persons. There's nothing special about any of them. Jesus loved them, and he can love you if you just let him into your life. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today and you're not sure how, we have the altar team. They're going to be up here. They're going to be back there at the end of service. Please talk to them. They want to help you. They want to pray for you. They want to lead you to Jesus. And so as I close, I want to talk about what the Lord gave me for this year for this church, what I felt like he gave me for this church. And as I was praying for these 21 days, I felt like him saying that what started as a drop will soon become a downpour. What God has done last year was just sprinkles. This year will become a downpour. And I truly believe that. Like everything that we've seen and everything that's happened for the last year and a half, for the last five years, it's going to begin to increase and increase and increase. And God's going to set more people free. Our community is going to be changed even more. We're going to get more influence. This is what God's doing through us. Amen. And this is, this is the prayer that I wrote down. And so would you stand with me and would you agree with me on this prayer? This is what I pray that happens through this church and through you and me this year. Lord, let your water flow in us and out of us. Let it smooth the rough, stony places in our lives. And may those stones become the weapons to destroy the giants and to build your kingdom. Let your water wash away all the filth and purify our hearts. Let our words and works bring life to a dry and thirsty world. Let your spirit indwell us and pour out of us. Let us be vessels of grace and love. May your work, may you work miracles among us and may your presence be known to all around us. Now, Lord, let it rain. Let it pour. Rain righteousness on us and in this community. Through your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. amen.